We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. We at BlueWire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Podcast Network. We are back again with another game review throwback watch party thing. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Rob Wong, with my other amazing host, Andy. Andy, how you doing? Happy birthday! <laughs> we are, yes. Thank you very much. We are recording on my birthday, April 15th. Also, Americans' most hated day, tax day. Which isn't tax, <laughs> which isn't tax day this year. So you know, yeah, I guess I, I, I guess I can, I can live with that. Celebrate, my friend. Celebrate. Yeah, I'm celebrating with a lime Lacroix in my hand right now. So that's probably as that. Maybe there's a black, there's a black cherry uh, white cloth somewhere downstairs in the fridge, um, in one of the mini fridges because my fridge broke this week. I won't go into the details, but maybe I'll crack that one open at some point tonight. Uh. uh Change that maybe into a certainly. <laughs> Should have told me. I have tons of White Claw in the fridge right now. Did I tell you that this podcast is sponsored by White Claw? <laughs> or this is this is one of the sponsors that we would want on the podcast. I think we could do what what we could do White Claw with like Top Dog and our friends Toki Beer, and we'd probably have a pretty good like food and beverage type of podcast. Yes, we got a shout out, Top Dog. Support Top Dog. It's a hundred dollar, hundred fifty dollar minimum. But I'm thinking, if we could get people in on it. But then I'm like, I can't deliver it to people. So, anyways, if you got a hundred fifty dollars, buy some Top Dog. I actually they... will use my refund for it. I'm donating my entire, re, uh, sorry, like stimulus, stimulus check package to local restaurants. So I didn't know Top Dog was struggling. Move. So I'll do Top Dog. 
Pinto tie, and I am going to do Nom Pen because I love all three of those, and <laughs> I want to just see this money go directly to them. So that's my plan. Yeah. I mean, I think people, some people still don't understand the fact that if you don't support your small, like, local restaurants that you love now, they might not be here when normal life resumes. Yep. And, you know, so that's the big thing. So, yeah, please go out, support your small businesses. If you live in the Bay Area or in the East Bay, like Andy and I do, support all your small Berkeley places. Uh, Grant Merrick, who's a friend of ours for the SF Gate, uh, he wrote a, a beautiful thing on um, Top Dog and their struggles right now. So that's why Andy's really doing that. Plus, Andy loves Top Dog. I do too. Yeah. Um, I actually had no idea that they were struggling that bad, but I'm I'm surprised that they don't do like pickup because I remember you could still pick up like their frozen dogs and like bread, like if you wanted to do like a barbecue, and like there was no minimum for that. Yeah, I think I'm you could probably, like, maybe right call now. and ask, but. It's a tough business in this world, right? I mean, it's a lot of hand contact. So, yeah, um, that's a tough one. I mean, and then all of your, I mean, your students are all gone. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's not, Top Dog's seasonality is very much uh, August to May, May, you know, and yeah, summer is, is probably pretty light. But, yeah, definitely support your local Top Dog. Get some chicken apples, calabreses. Uh, as I like to say, Calabrese's, uh, hot links, regular good old links. tops, um, garlic frankfurters. I actually haven't good. had the garlic frankfurter. I really like that one, like just as a just a regular hot dog flavor. If I want to go like outside the box, I'll run with the chicken apple or the hot link. But like just a solid tasting so- like sausage hot dog, I think I always go with the garlic frankfurter. Realistically, I'm going to have a lot of Top Dogs available, so maybe we'll have a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever that may be. Whenever that may be, yeah, maybe. How would you socially distance a barbecue? We actually have a separation in our backyard, so I could put two people in that separation that live together, and us two, my wife and I over here. I can host four people. <laughs> <laughs> could everyone zoom in and barbecue on their own yes with like that'd be that'd probably be the only way you can do it with right? top dogs with top dogs i mean oh why not why not we're doing anything and everything these days anyways um but that's that's pretty much our opening spiel that we wanted to to get across i think you know would you andy looking back at it like our first one two weeks ago when we did the 2007 Tennessee game. Now we're, we're on another game now. Um, but like, do you like this type of content that we're doing right now? Like, do you like rewatching these games? <laughs> I, I mean, just, I, I, what if the answer was no? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, we'd have to, we'd have to think of something else to do, but I'm just, what, I'm just getting your like thoughts of like, how's it been like rewatching like these, these old games? I think we picked really two, you know, two pretty fun ones um uh, well it's gonna potentially impact some of you know uh it might have an impact on what i'm gonna say here in a little bit but this one in particular for me uh was you know personal in the sense that i was going back and 
watching a game that I was on the sidelines for. A lot of it, mm -hmm. of this one, like of the 09 game, I remembered more clearly than the Tennessee game. Whereas the Tennessee game, I sort of like put it in my mind that we blew them out and that wasn't the case. This game, yeah. I remember being close and I remember us being down and, and I kind of remember the ebbs and flows of the game a little bit better. So that was actually interesting, yeah. just moving game to game. And I also noticed that the broadcasting for this game was terrible. So the oh, yeah. versus guys were just awful. I mean, I mean, and and yeah. like this was an un, these are two underrated teams by rank. I think it was twenty five versus seventeen. Was that it? Four, 14, I believe. For Stanford. Yeah, I believe Stanford was fourteen. Um, okay. Well, I. Well, at least that's what the recap says on calbears.com. Yeah, but those um, are always using. So, they tend to use silly yeah, ranks. It's whatever the yeah. higher one is. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know which one that was, but that's what the recap says on calbears.com. So I'm just going to assume that, that was it's somewhere in that realm. So yeah, it felt like, like this game only got covered on versus. <laughs> you know, it was like in this day and age, you actually, we do have better coverage options that this wouldn't be a pac-12 network game this game would have been on fox so to some degree you know we don't really celebrate the pac-12 network or the pac-12 conference but you know our television options in general have probably improved since that game aired yeah uh but at the... i mean this is still this is still a pac-10 right like we're not even pac-12 yet yes exactly yeah exactly so yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've kind of picked up on what we're what we're talking about. But Andy and I today, if you haven't read the title of the podcast, uh, we're covering the 09 big game. Yeah, number 25, California, at I think number 14 or 17, Stanford, November 21st, 2009, attendance of 50,510 um, at the farm. The Bears pull out the victory, 34 to 28 taking the axe home uh this was i think i believe our seventh victory in the big game out of the last eight uh from this year i think we were six of seven heading into this game and yeah i mean from the top like man this was on the versus network like that network doesn't even exist anymore like that's it's crazy when we were i was watching it and i was like wow this is this wasn't even HD. This was a this was a four like a four by three like CRT TV style like frame. I had the black bars on both sides of my TV, uh, and yeah, I actually watched this game at home on a TV. So I remember watching this game on versus, uh, but like, I mean, let's just talk about the game, Andy. From your, I want, I actually wanted to hear your perspective of like what it was like with the team leading into this game. Like, what were practices was like? Like, what were, what was like, you know, the day before and the day of? Like, what were your like feels if, from what you remember? Well, you're asking me a lot. Uh, asking a lot of my memory. One sec. <sighs> so, I mean, tough season. You know, uh, particularly, I think one of my notes was, you know, seeing Javid on the sideline. Um, brought back a lot of the memories of, of the year where, you know, this game, I don't know how many times I wrote it down in my notes. I wrote Shane game, Shane game, Shane game, Shane game, Shane game, Shane game, Shane game. Because <laughs> it really was. I think 
I would say that this is the single best big game performance by any player in the history of the big game. Like, or on the Cal side. Pretty bold statement because I haven't even come close going back and looking at that. But I'm just going just gonna to ride with it and say that Shane Vereen's performance in this game was second to none. Um, but I forget, you know, we forget about Javid and, uh, and him getting hurt. Uh, against Oregon State and uh, and how devastating that was to kind of the prospects of this season. And you can see why. Because there, there was a little bit more of like of potential with this team. And, and then you kind of look at the role players and you say like for all the talent we had, man, our wide receivers were thin. Mm-hmm. Like Alex Logman, I mean, who I knew. Like, I didn't know all these guys. I have to be really careful with this one. So this is, uh, I'm going to walk a very thin line. But, like, we had a lot of, you know, receivers that, like Michael Calvin, who, you know, a lot of people, you know, two-star guy, but he, you know, inside the team, a lot of people were really high on him. Tons of speed, great athleticism, great size. Uh, just, unfortunately, what didn't really have the best hands. Um, and... And so we kind of had like just a lack of talent on the receiving side of the ball, like Nye and Boateng. Boateng, I don't mind talking about. I did not like Boateng very much. <laughs> he was very cocky, uh, drove around the car that he said that, that Deshaun Jackson gave him. So uh apologize to the university for that recruiting violation. Um <laughs> Uh, it's 10 years, right? The statute of limitations is passed. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, but yeah, so I think going into this week, uh, I think the big game more so was was salvaging a season. That Arizona game was close before uh, the Nick Foles <laughs> double pass <laughs> happened, and uh, we we just weren't. I you know from what I remember that that year is like we had these games where we just kind of didn't show up, and then we'd have games where we did, but. The prep doesn't necessarily change that much week over week um, in regards to, you know, maybe you're going to Oregon, so you pump a lot more crowd noise in. You're going to Stanford, so you don't have to deal with crowd noise. Um, so I, I guess, like, it's heightened tension because I think this meant a lot to these seniors, and you could tell. But other than that, it it didn't necessarily feel like it was too different from prep for any other game outside of a bye week or the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I figured. I mean, I, I've been to enough practices now to understand, like, you really want to keep your practice, like, feel the same as much as possible just so guys aren't, like, heightened or, like, too down based on the opponent um, that you keep it as consistent so that you can like manage uh just their mental like preparation as much as possible so yeah i totally get that um yeah and this was definitely the shane vereen coming up party i mean for me personally like this game looking back at it now probably was for me like you know javits probably gone after this year um but like hey man if shane looks really good to be the next guy up um, if Javid were to leave, and he definitely proved it in this game. I mean, looking at his numbers, I think he had 199 yards gained. He lost six, so he ended up with 193 and three touchdowns, along of 36 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. Uh, 
Like, that's that's incredible. And then you look at the other side with Toby Gerhardt, who was no pushover himself. 136 yards uh, rushing on 20 attempts. 61-yarder was the long for 6.8 yards per carry and four touchdowns. Um, yeah. Like, just simply, simply incredible in terms of, like, the two running backs that were, like, on show for this game. Yeah, I mean, it was a totally different version of of what Harbaugh eventually, I mean, you know, the next year they changed changed it up pretty significantly. And, you know, Cal's D-line for 94% of the game completely stopped Toby Gerhardt. And the one big run was kind of, it was a breakdown by the back two guys, Brett Johnson and Saquon Thompson, like both. Yeah, they took like, bad angles. that really badly, yeah, and just got burned. And Toby's like not that fast, which is why his NFL career is so short. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, he, it, it was just sort of one of those things, like, take away the six, like they did a really good job against someone that was, you know, Heisman level. And Shane, that those stats don't even include his receiving stats. Yep. And, uh, you know, he was doing everything. He's running the Wildcat. He's split out wide. He's beating Richard Sherman on the outside. Dude, he was ridiculous. And, oh, by the way, whoever, like, number 26 was on Stanford, like, went up elbows to the head on him uh, down <laughs> in the goal line. Yeah. And he just, like, you know... It's one of those things where I look at this game. Didn't we have like something like 43 carries or something ridiculous like that? Shane had 42 carries. Yeah. So I didn't even have to look that up. I just remember yeah. that. And I was worried for his health because I don't think he played in a game after that. Like we rested him for the rest of the season. <laughs> yep. Um, it, because that's such a physical toll on a running back like that. He probably, you know, plays an extra year in the NFL if he doesn't have that game. But this is, you know, I don't know, one of the best games ever by a Cal player ever, I would say, in the, in the big game. So it's pretty cool to go rewatch that. Yeah, I mean, can we just talk about how objectively, like, how good Toby Gearhart, like, as a running back was? Like, we talk about how good Shane was, but, like, like, Toby Gearhart in college was, like, a different animal compared to what he ended up, like, being in the NFL. Yeah. Because I don't think he had the top-end speed to be, like, a, a, a stellar running back in the NFL. Um, but, man, I mean, this was, like, the start of, like, that that whole trend of Stanford running backs, right? Like, this was the big one. And then it also, it also helped that you had a guy named Andrew Luck as your freshman quarterback in this game, who, by the way... Looked pretty outstanding in this game, even as a freshman. Like I, I can't. It. I always forget to remember. Like this was his freshman year, and like how good he was. Redshirt freshman. Redshirt freshman. Yeah. Um. As a starter, like just how like poised he was, how good he was in the play action, like you know his arm talent, uh, his awareness. Like it was just. You just like. Looking back at it now and after after the years of me watching football, like, I'm looking at it going, wow, like, yeah, he definitely was, like, a star in the making. It wasn't just, like, a one-off thing. Um, and, like, it's, man, like, even to this day, like, rewatching, I'm like, dude, that guy was really good. And I hated that he was this good. I, and he only got better. I actually had 
a little bit of a different opinion. You know, oh. I think that's because I think it's because of the fact he got so good, and I view him, <clears throat> Andrew Luck, as to this day the best college quarterback I've ever seen him play in person. I don't think I'll ever see anybody better. I think the only person that I thought was on that level was Lamar Jackson, but I never got to see him in person. And uh, I actually thought that the most impressive aspect for me with Andrew Luck in this game had nothing to do with him throwing the ball. He didn't have everything to do with how he run, how he how he runs. This guy, like, he moves like a running back. He deked the shit out of one of our guys. <laughs> like it was ridiculous i mean he just has this vision when running the ball that i remember in college that he's just was so good at it it's it was crazy to me um and yeah i was actually underwhelmed with his passes i thought he missed a couple open receivers on routes that he had him open and you know he looked like a freshman and he looked like a freshman with what you said good poise good arm strength but overall i was like wow you know, I expected Luck to show better in this, and I think he sh- he was better in my mind because of the rest of his career. And I watched the tape, I was like, yeah, you guys, he kind of blew the game. You know, like, I wasn't surprised that they ran up the score on us in other big games, because I have a feeling that this loss might have hurt Andrew Luck, you know, pretty significantly, because he, he kind of blossomed the game. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, that, that interception at the end, right? I mean, that's like one of the like biggest Cal moments in the last 10, 20 years is that Mike Muhammad interception and yep. like rewatching that play, like as it happens when we're watching the game, it's like, yeah, he, it's a freshman mistake. He didn't see the linebacker drop into the middle and just cover the route. He was like dead locked on Kobe Fleener the entire time. And then he also underthrew it too. So like Mike Muhammad just being right there right at the right time. It's just an easy play to make. Well, easy play for Mike Muhammad to make. Devin Bishop, on the yep. other hand, just could not possibly <laughs> hold on to a football. <laughs> like, yep. easy. So that was one of the cool things that I noticed during this game was I had this sort of, like, moment, and, you know, it was because I was watching Devin Bishop, but it's just noticing how much better our defense is now than mm-hmm. it was then. And it's yeah. crazy because it's Bob Gregory is the coordinator, who I always look at back pretty fondly of but you know like for instance on that one play where Sidquan makes a perfect play on the ball pops it in the air I mean that's a pick 10 out of 10 times in the Cal defense of the last three years under Wilcox it's a pick by any of the linebackers give me any of them that are the starters and they all pick that ball off guaranteed and Devin for whatever reason, just like it doesn't have that awareness and, you know, it falls by the wayside. Huge play. And then uh, I just think, yeah, so I just think that there's no way that that would happen in this day and age. And so that was an interesting reflection to see the differences there. And then obviously the pass later on that hits him literally in the hands and it still pops up again and doesn't have the awareness to move forward and catch the ball in the second attempt. It sort of was like one of those things. It was, it was, very eye-opening to just go back and watch that and remember that and uh yeah it does i just don't i don't know do you see that happening in this day and age no i mean i that i had that in my notes exactly the same i i I was watching about uh, particularly in the first half our defensive backs 
have way better coached habits now than they did in this game. Like just the the small things that they do, it's just like I, I'm just watching it going. Why would you be doing that? Like, I guess like my my textbook like DB has like knowledge has come from you know GA and and Wilcox over and Tim DeRoyder over the last couple of years that. Like I was watching this game, it's like why? Why would you take that angle? Like why are you? Why are you looking there? Um, and it's just like those little things that I think make me respect this coaching staff that we currently have now even more. Uh, and that's the funny thing too, is because I think overall Bob Gregory actually coached a really good defensive game. Like it was a very like well played, you know, coordinator game. But then. The funnier part was was when uh, Lewis Johnson at the beginning of the game is like you know in the intro and pre kickoff talking about like how Bob Gregory and he talked to Bob Gregory this week and Bob Gregory said that you know he wanted his uh, team to get back to the basics um, and it didn't it it didn't like show that on the field they didn't have a lot of the basic fundamentals like down. It was very based on their athleticism and just because we were bigger, faster, stronger uh, to a certain degree on the defensive side that we made up for a lot of this. But, like, man, we did not, like, play very sound, sound. Like, everyone has the same foundation of fundamental, like, attributes type of defense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, I mean, to continue on the coaching thing, Holy hell, Pete Alomar. God, I did not miss that. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, my notes are just so, so unkind. Pete R- Alomar was a terrible coach, and our special teams was shit with <laughs> such good talent. <laughs> but, like, that's how I felt. I remember, I mean, I, dude, like, being on the team and watching Alomar with special teams and then having to go home to a bunch of, like, fans and explain, like, why are special teams so bad? I mean, you have Giorgio. Like, we were literally shifting in Vince, Giorgio, and then at another time we had three that we were mixing in there because we just didn't have any confidence. And then we were having Giorgio do these stupid kickoffs that would go to, like, the 10 and, like, bounce, yep. and they wouldn't work at all. And then all of a sudden, like, we, it was just so obvious, and it made me so appreciative. One, Charlie Ragel's a blessing, and if you haven't said, you know, thank the, thank the lucky charms for Charlie, uh, for Coach Ragel, like you should say it now, and, and then on top of it, that we really haven't known special teams coordinators as much by name since Alomar. Like we we have, but we we haven't. You know, it's like Ragel's kind of the one, and I I think that's a good thing because. Boy, Pete Alomar was terrible. And we just got whooped. I mean, absolutely whooped. There's just play after play on special teams that was absolutely terrible. And it almost cost us the game. At the end of the day, like you have the kickoff at the end of the game, and it just gives Stanford amazing field position. And they drive right down the field to the 13-yard line, and we pick the ball off and win the game. But we would have lost that game on special teams. And we had the block punt against Brian Anger. Brian Anger, who's incredible, was like averaged that whole season. And I blame Pete Alomar for that. Like there's so many things that I just remember being like, dude, like coach Alomar. And I think that's like a sentiment that's widely shared. <laughs> I hope that I'm not like on an <laughs> Island here, just like rambling about this, but I actually do think that that was a sentiment that was, you know, not just my own, but 
whew, like revisiting that frustration of being of dealing with that was was also tough. I mean, think about it from a special teams perspective. Our punt, our punter, uh, one of our kickers, and our kickoff and kickoff returner, all three played in the NFL. Yep. Exactly. Oh, there's tons. There's so much talent. Yeah, so much talent yeah. there, and it was just. I think it was, it was wasted with stupid things like not, you know, allowing a blocked punt, um, and kicking the ball to the, to the thirty and letting him take it back. It's just, you know, so stupid. And then, God, Tedford was so conservative this game. Holy shit, kicking the field goal down fourteen <laughs> on the road to a ranked opponent. I mean, literally, I wrote in my notes, Nick. Nick is somewhere like punching a wall, you know, <laughs> I could just see it now. And it's like on the two yard line and we kick that field goal. And then uh, we get the, the fourth down stop and we just third down. And like, we're on the 11 and Riley runs to the left and downs it to kick a field goal. Holy smokes. Did you, I yep. mean, th- immediately yep. in my head, I just had a Nick like almost with getting like cartoon red where like the steam's coming out of the top of his head and then just running and punching another wall. <laughs> yeah, I just I just thought of Nick as like anger from inside out. Yeah, yeah. Or just like just explodes. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what was that? Did you remember yeah, that? I, mean, I didn't remember that. Oh, I'm so conservative. Yeah, I did not remember that Riley took the knee to set up the field goal. And I was like, why did we do that? Why did we not just try and get more yards? I'm so confused here. Um, some of this some of this baffles me. Like even on that fourth down conversion late, like we we barely got that conversion from the sticks. Like how close? <laughs> like I I can't I can't put into words how close that was from not being a fourth down conversion. And if it did not end up being a fourth down conversion, man, this game would have ended yep. very differently. Um. We, like, got in by what? Like, maybe, like, an yeah. inch? What did they say? Like, a gnat's <laughs> mustache or something like that? Yeah. Or, like, yeah, or, like, an eyelash? <laughs> or something, Some yeah, something along those lines? The yeah. the first announcers made, but I was like, I guess that works. <laughs> it was very close. Yeah. It's it's just something that's minuscule. We get we get what you're trying to say, but uh, I don't think that's something that people actually say. Um, I mean, moving on, I think... At least for me, I guess another thing I had in my notes is, remember when the wildcat was a thing and how much yeah, we used yeah, it? I remember. <laughs> like, like this is we ran it so much in this game. It was it was like I was watching the first half and I'm like, we're just direct snapping it to Shane, and it looks like he's reading the defensive edge, but it's clearly like not a read. Like it's a clear cut. Like he's taking yep. it and running it. And I was just like, wow, that I remember that. Like, that was actually, like, a big thing that they thought that that was going to be, like, the next future of the yep. of college football, right? Like, the Wildcat and just having, like, a running a running back at the snap and not having a quarterback in, in the game. And then kind of dissipated, I guess. It turned into, like, a lot of dual-threat quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that, yeah, it's so funny seeing all that. And really, you know, I can just imagine how pissed off Harbaugh was because he's like right before going into halftime, you know, oh, we got to stop the run. <laughs> like, and then they ask some silly follow-up and he gives some silly answer. And then, 
you know, they didn't do any good job of stopping the run. We were able to really build long clock, you know, can, time of possession controlling drives. It was awesome to see. Um, yeah. Yeah, very awesome to see. It was like this painful grind that was super enjoyable. Must, you know, if Stanford did a podcast on this game, they probably wouldn't have nearly as much fun. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Wildcat is definitely a thing. And we used it a lot. And we changed, like, we saw EC a little bit. So Fele, Kovan, you know, we'd, Kovan had that mm-hmm. one good burst run. Um, yeah, that was a throwback to the past. I I had not thought of Kovan Dabosky Johnson. He's doing well. The kid's a pretty solid career, like outside of football. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I've seen him on yep. social media around too. So, yeah. Should we do a quick break for the ad roll? Um, let's do it, and we send it now to Andy for our, our ads. All right. Quick break from our friends at Bet Online. Uh, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, once again, Adams, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas directly to you. Missing the NFL? Not a problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can also still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eats contest, which I guess we're still thinking is going to happen. So it's all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. And we're back. Talking about the 2009 big game, we've uh, we're just going through our notes here of how when we were watching the game. Um, no, we weren't watching it together. We have social distancing. Andy was watching at home, and I was watching at home. Um, but let me let me see let me see what else I got in the notes here. Oh yeah, uh, Kevin Riley's long ball was just not having it this game. <laughs> like it's just. It just—it was that <laughs> no, SpongeBob meme of just like the meme of like just like I'd, I'm out, <laughs> like I'm out of here. It was just—it was not there today. Yeah. yeah, I just don't understand why we kept trying to go deep on the outside when clearly our game passing over the middle, like short over the middle to like our tight ends or or guys in the slot, was working to perfection. Like it just baffles me. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I wrote it down somewhere here. I, I, I thought overall that Riley had a pretty solid game. You know, there was a couple of misses, um, and it was really interesting seeing his statistics yeah. leading into the game. So, like, start there. Like, when he had 15-5, like 2,600, dude, we would take that in two seconds with last year's or yep. the previous year's defense. Any defense in the last two years, and you take that kind of production from the quarterback position, and we're probably looking at eight, nine, ten wins. So it's like, damn. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's a pretty big cognitive leap. But overall, like, when I came to the end, I was sort of thinking that, like, I thought Kevin had a pretty good game. I thought our pass protection was actually, mm-hmm. like, really he bad. scrambled a lot. Um, yeah. Our run protection, yep. super good. Yeah, but, like, yeah, 
most of the time, like Kevin got through his drop and there's a dude there. And like there's people grabbing his jersey, spinning him around. He's like doing like gymnastics mm-hmm. just to get the ball out and you know, was making pretty solid plays. Yeah, the deep balls, but like also like the announcers were kind of silly. They're like, oh, this ball will let too much loft on it. I was like, dude, Varan Tucker could have come back in on that ball and easily got it. Like there's one of those, there's another that Tuck had. He just straight up dropped. Um, it was devastating. There's another one that Marv had a pretty good shot at that I was surprised he wasn't able to come down with. So I also think like sometimes a quarterback gets blamed when receivers aren't exactly like you know coming back to the ball and that you know holding yeah. on to passes and but anyways i thought he had a good game i mean he was he was scrambling well he was moving well um he was dealing with shane scove who you know is from my hometown and is the worst so <laughs> is it shane scove we don't it's like, shane scove, it it's shane scove who's the one? one that actually ended up breaking uh jared's oh, Jared, was it right? the collarbone or the shoulder okay yeah yeah just making yeah. sure okay good so i don't know so you you weren't that impressed or like no no i I thought kevin had a great game i'm just saying why we kept trying to go for the deep ball when clearly kevin had was having a great game when he was throwing to the slot or when he was throwing like to his tight ends um it just it just didn't make sense to me when we weren't connecting with any of our deep threats at all Um, whether it was you know balls being too long or wide receivers not tracking the ball correctly like, we kept trying to go to it for some reason. Like, we kept trying to go for the explosive play when we would get, like, 20-yard chunks when we threw to our tight end. Like, my secondary note here, like, under that was, like, Anthony Miller arguably had the best game, in my opinion, in this game outside of uh, Shane Vereen. Like, he came, out, he came up clutch yeah. every time the ball was thrown to him over the middle when he needed to catch it, when we needed a third down conversion or a first down. And he had the he had three catches, yeah. but I think two of them are like, like real clutch, like third and long, and we need you to convert, or like on a second, I think it was a second down, and he had like a twenty five yard completion, to like eat a bunch of yards, um, and I didn't realize how big the dude was until like I was rewatching this game, um, and like looking up his stats, I was like this 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 is a very big big tight end, um, and I'm excited yeah. because. That's it's not the same size, but it's somewhat similar to like what we're gonna see with DJ Rogers. So exciting! Fingers crossed. Excited. Uh, but yeah, I mean, did you? That was that was my thoughts about like the offense and the the pass game. I didn't I didn't think that Kevin had a bad game. It was just I, I was just suspect of why we kept calling these deep ball passes when he didn't have enough time to even set up for the deep ball. Yeah. Well, uh, what was, in your mind, the offensive play of the game? The offensive play of the game? Hmm. I mean, it's it's that Shane run that set up his touchdown, right? The one where he bounced it to the outside, and he just got to the edge and turned the corner, and the I think it was the Stanford corner or the outside linebacker that just could not get the right angle on him to, to send him back inside. And he just ran right around him, and it was just his yeah. burst speed, just straight, wide open. Um, so, I like that yeah. choice. I'll t- I'll tell you mine. It was the catch by Varan Tucker, which was a great catch for me. 
on the yep. outside back when we were in our own territory. And <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, I should have brought this up. Oh, I totally forgot on the deep ball stuff. Oh man, and I was just gonna give this whole glowing thing to Tuck. But anyways, uh, on the four plays after Tuck makes this awesome catch on the outside that saves us from having to punt the ball away, and we've already talked about how bad special teams was. Massive play, and then I think we ended up scoring on that drive, the touchdown to Marv Jones. So it was an incredibly yep. important play. That's why that owns my choice. But four plays after that, they have Tuck on the outside, and he beats his defender. I know top. what you're talking about. And he just doesn't try to catch the ball. <laughs> like, I, the ball, like, looking at Riley's face, he's like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like, what? And I replayed it. And I went back. I was like, was it really that not catchable? It was, like, within arm's reach. He just didn't put his arms out. It was the – I have no yeah, idea. He like, I have no he, idea. like, held up his run, and he didn't even extend his arms. Like, I think if he had kept running, the ball would have hit him perfectly in stride. Yeah, it might have hit him in the helmet. Yeah, I don't think he even knew that. And I think the thing was, like, the announcers were like, uh, I don't think he I don't think he even turned his head. Like, they said something along something along those lines. And I think that's true. I don't think he even knew that the ball was thrown to him until he stopped running and he saw the ball drop, like, on the ground in front of him. That's, <laughs> like, crazy. <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah, that was so, 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 so weird. But, yeah, I always say that that tuck catch, just, that was amazing. That toe tap, mm-hmm. diving, out of bounds, keep possession in an era where it was really hard to get referees to call that a completion. Yep. Oh, that was awesome. I mean, there were a couple of those where, like, if it was in, mo- like, today's, like, modern game, like, there was a, there was a deep ball that tuck uh with three minutes left in the second quarter and then right as it's in the end zone and he's like it's like right in front of the goal post and he like jumps up to go for it and then you see sherman behind him with like a little shove like right before the ball gets to his catch radius mm-hmm. and like if it was now that's a pi flag thrown right away because you saw sherman's one of his hands extend on to uh Tucker's jersey, but like they didn't call anything on that play. Um, it was just it was it was just an incomplete pass, uh, and I was like, "That's that's that, I, that's the thing." Like with watching these old games, is that the emphasis of what referees are looking at is different now. So that would have been a clear pi in my opinion, but no pi in the game. Yeah, and then Richard yeah. Sherman playing in this game was like it's like super weird throwback. Dude, he played well. He had really the first well. interception of the game. Very, very yeah. good. Yeah. That was, that was a, so weird. I mean, he got burned by Tucker early. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. And then he had that really nice pass breakup in the end zone on that crossing route. And then had the pick play. And I was like, okay, Sherman's here. And then Shane whooped him. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, he played, he played really well. All right. So one more qu- pop quiz trivia for you. Ooh, I want me. you to name off the top of your head every single player that went to the NFL from this, this game? game. Yep, both sides. Okay, uh, Shane Vereen, uh, Brian Anger, um, Marvin Jones, uh, Jeremy Ross, Tavecchio, 
Uh, are we saying played in the league or just got to the NFL? Uh, played in the league. Did Sidquan end up playing? Did he? Did he actually play, or was he just like part of the Broncos for a while? I can't I don't remember. remember him being on the field. Yeah. Mike Muhammad? I believe Ooh. so. I don't know. I'm not uh, counting either of those two. Okay, that's fine. Um, Cameron Jordan, Chris Conti, Tyson Alualu. Um, oh, jeez. Uh, and then it's... And then for Stanford, it's Toby Gearhart, Andrew Luck. Uh, I believe, uh, what's it? David DeCastro. Nice. Uh, and uh, Jonathan Martin. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, then I also, sorry, I also forgot Mitchell Schwartz. Wow, you're going to get all of them. This is great because officially, I, I at first I was like, "Oh, there's no, you're meandering, you're going for the reaches," yeah. but now yeah. I think you're coming uh, through. Kobe Fleener. Yep. Did one of the Waylands play in the NFL? I don't remember. Uh, okay, and then uh, I don't know if Owusu actually ended up playing in the NFL. Ernest, he was on the yeah. practice squad with the Vikings, but he, I don't think he ever played. Okay, and then Richard Sherman. And then Shane Scove. Yep. And that's it for me. I can't think of any, anybody else that was on that. You're missing one, which was my There's... the toughest one that I had on my list. Ooh. Hit me. And that is Varan Tucker. He played for the Chiefs and caught a touchdown. He has an wow. NFL touchdown. And I, oh, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. I went on a cruise with him and Marv Jones, actually, on spring break. <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> and uh but yeah, he ended up catching a touchdown for the Chiefs. And yeah, he got some I think it was like one year in the NFL. But yeah, he was there. Dang. Otherwise you got every that. single one. I am impressed. I did not think you were gonna go for Mitchell Schwartz, because uh, he was just a freshman playing in this game, I think. Or yeah. no. No. A sophomore? So I believe he was a sophomore in this game. Yeah, he's young. And then Yeah. I didn't think that you were going to get uh, DeCastro and, and John Martin for, yeah. for Stanford. Really, really good. Yeah, that's a lot of NFL talent. A lot mm-hmm. and a lot of NFL talent. That's a lot of NFL talent across both offensive lines and both defensive lines. Yep. Like, I mean, just look at Cal's defensive line alone. You had two guys that were drafted in the first round. And one is arguably, like, one of the greatest defensive ends. Like, he's... With his stat line, like, Cameron Jordan is a Hall of Fame player. Like, he will be in the Hall of Fame at some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we had all those guys in this game. Yeah. Playing. Yeah. So true. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I have two more things. G- give them to me. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm out of points, actually. Okay. So, so let's go to the announcers. So I started good. off very positive with the announcers. My first comment was that they were way better than Pac-12 Network. And then I immediately said, never mind, they just called Kevin Riley Mike Riley. (laughs) (laughs) And then they called the axe a razor blade on a stick. And I was like, how dare you? (laughs) And then uh, in the 
there was a play when they called the down and distance, and I wanted to ask you, is it hard to see the down and distance from the Stanford press box? Not really. It's a pretty good view. That's a good view? Okay, well then, (laughs) another example. And then my last one was just like, yeah. Example number four, why the, these announcers are garbage. So they're really, really bad. And at first I was so positive. I was like, oh, maybe I missed the Versus Network. Nope, nope. Don't miss it. No, Lewis Johnson, who's, who is the uh, sideline reporter, is actually on Pac-12 Network. Yeah, okay. He seems cool. Yeah, yeah. I think Lewis is great. Lewis is, like, perfect for to being, a, like, a sideline reporter. Right. He has, the like, the demeanor to do it. And the other, yeah. the other thing, actually, I have all right, what two is more. Hit me. Did I you notice it. all? Did you notice anything in regards to the attire that the Cal team was wearing on the sideline? The attire that we are Nike. Yeah. True. Uh, other than that, no. I have worn the sweatpants that you see all of them in. <laughs> This, the pullover that you see all of them in, like every single one of those items that are on that sideline, even the Java jumpsuit, I had that. I just don't. I just gave it away, but I had that Java jumpsuit. All of those, I would. I still had all of those up until this. Like this year, I still have the sweatpants, and I've worn those in your house. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've seen those. Isn't that the one that has a hole in it? Oh yeah. I mean, everything is. Yeah, it's not. Those, they're all in rough shape now. <laughs> Hey, in terms of sweat, like sweatpants and sweatshirt clothing, like that's pristine condition. Yep. Yep. Like th- you know, those ones are the ones that are the most comfortable because you've worn them so much that they've like thinned out, and it just feels so nice. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely impressive with Nike making that stuff that lasted <laughs> that long. I was like, oh, this is so, this is so funny. Like literally, my whole closet was this outfit. Yeah. I used to walk around campus and people would think I was a football player. And people come up to me in class, are you playing on the football team? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm a student manager. <laughs> <laughs> One time I was like, yeah, I'm a kicker. Tried wide receiver once. And they're like, no, you're not. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And my last one. Whose life was forever altered by this game? Whose life? Yep, it was never the same after this game. Wow. Mike Mahomes? No. But probably. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. I guess technically yes, but not the person I was thinking of. I have no There's idea. There's one person who attended this game whose life almost immediately after was never the same. Who attended mm-hmm. this game? Big clue. Was it you? I'm wondering, to the fans out there listening, if you've made it to minute 50, let us know. Tweet at us your guesses. I'm curious. And then I guess I'll leave a pause so that so no, or we'll reveal the answer. What? next No week. way, no or way, no weeks. way. We gotta reveal it now. We'll just drum roll, drum roll. Okay, drum roll. Tiger Woods. His good old Tiger. His life was never the same. Came in to be honored as the That's... official halftime, you know, honoree for Stanford. I believe That's he was right. maybe in, being put in the Hall of Fame. And uh, he said, yeah. Stanford's going to win, and they lost. And four days later, his wife find out, found out that he, uh, you know, had an inability to stop himself from being with many women. <laughs> so, uh... yeah, that was it. Because I remember, I was like, dude, your life, you're, nope, 
it was never the same after this tiger. Never the same. <laughs> wow, I don't. I I forgot about that little like tidbit of history. Yep, the infamous tiger yeah. halftime. Yeah. Nope. Wow. No, they're not, and also your golf career will never be the same. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a throwback. That's a blast. That's a legit blast from the yep. past. Uh, it's good times, dude. I'm glad we have the axe back. Despite all the craziness, yeah. I do tell myself almost on a daily basis that we do have the axe, and it is with us. It is somewhere on campus. And if we don't play <laughs> until 2022, guess where the axe is? We st- we still Ours. have the axe. Um, yeah. Any uh, any closing thoughts you got before where we wrap this up? Where were you sitting for this game? I watched at home. I no was rally comp. I was only in rally comp my freshman year, so uh, yeah, no, um, I watched this at home. Yeah, on the versus network. <laughs> the one and only. I think I'm pretty sure I remember what I was eating too. I'm pretty sure it was a bag of uh, uh, Doritos Cool Cooler Ranch, um, and I think like a like a soda of like a ginger ale or something. Wow, how mature of you. Yeah, I like ginger ale. I've loved ginger ale ever since I was like a like I was a sitting down with my kid. crumpets and tea, and I watched the Stanford Leland <laughs> Junior Stanford University play against the <laughs> University of California Berkeley in a game of football. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was good. That was a good time. It was a good good time. And uh, shout out to all those players. Uh, it, it was awesome to be a part of it and. They played so hard to win that game, and um, that was that was a huge highlight. So, really, really fun that they did. Um, that's pretty much it, uh, Andy. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. So, a buddy of ours, the, of of the podcast, sent us a very, very nice uh, print picture. Uh, it's if you guys don't know section nine two five on Twitter or section nine two five dot com. They cover a lot of the Bay Area sports. Um, and Connor, who uh, writes for the, their site and basically runs it, uh, was actually on hand at the Old Miss game in uh, this past year. So. He has. He took a bunch of photos and he sent them my way, and we used a few of them for our, uh, like our write-ups on the RIP old CGB site, and he actually printed out like a f- fairly large picture of Nico Remigio, like from behind, and it's like looking up into the stands, and it has like it says "Home of the Rebels" like behind him, like in slightly blurred out. It's a great picture. Uh, I was thinking we could do this as a giveaway uh, to one of our fans who is listening to this. And I was wondering if you had any ideas for how we can give this away. Do you want to do a random giveaway? Do you want to do like tell like your best like Cal football memory and we pick one and we send it to them? Um, What are your thoughts? Great question. Maybe 
we choose a random past Cal football player's jersey number, and whoever guess, guesses the number first wins. <laughs> I like that. I like maybe the football memory thing, too. Uh, it's hard to think on the spot, but I am on board with, you know, if you like the football memory one, let's do that. Or should we, since we talked about the 9 game, should we should we base it on the 9 game? Okay. Like, if you have a football memory about the 2009 big game, send it in, and the one we like the most, we'll send you yeah, this picture. done. Sounds great. All right. Yeah, so Twitter, DM us uh, your favorite, your story from the 2009 big game, um, and... We'll send you the photo and along with publishing that story on our Twitter account and all that as well. So, yeah, do that. We'll put a deadline on it uh, for, let's say, Wednesday of next week. So you have everyone a week. So April 22nd is your deadline to send it in. And we'll pick from there. And the winner, we will send you this very, 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 very nice uh, photo from the old Miss game of Nico Remigio. And with that, that's it. We're done here. You've been listening to the Golden Bearcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Rob Huang. You can find me on Twitter at rob 11 for the game team. You can find Andy at Andy J. Smoke. You can find all our stuff at rightforcalifornia.com. Or if you're listening to this podcast, you probably found us somehow. So you're listening on the right channel. And with that, as always, go Bears. Go Bears. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.